Praise God. Welcome to everyone tonight. If you are a guest with us tonight, we are glad to have you in service. If you're joining us on the internet tonight, we welcome you as well, wherever you may be. Remind you that we are split up tonight. The Antioch West congregation is down in the chapel, and then the Baltimore congregation is uh, meeting at the castle this evening. And uh, this is our annual week of our Board of Trustee meetings. And so this is the first year with us having the three congregations. And so it's been done a little different this year, as most of you know. In the past, our trustees get a chance to speak to us. And so tonight, uh, Brother Schoonover and uh, Brother Jackson are in uh, with the Antioch West group and then Brother Gonzalez and Brother Dobbs are in Baltimore and so we are blessed here tonight to have Brother Dylan and Brother Sharp in service with us tonight. Praise God. And uh, we're going to get out of the way and that way they can have plenty of time, each of them to share whatever it is they want to share uh, tonight. I, I remind you and if any folks that are this year new and you haven't heard about this, we have an external board of trustees as a church. This is made up by men that serve as bishops in their own locations as well. And they oversee Antioch financially and ministry in a lot of different areas, provide a covering of authority and accountability for us as a church. And uh, they are a great, great blessing to Antioch, the Apostolic Church. Their, their uh, commitment to be a part of this and do what they do is, is an invaluable blessing to us. And these are some uh, great men of God, men of character and integrity. And uh, I, I, don't, I think only heaven will ultimately be able to reveal the blessing that these men have been to us through the years. So it's a great honor to have them tonight. And uh, again, we're going to hear from Brother Dylan, who pastors in Oregon, and Brother Sharp, pastors from Oklahoma City. And so we want them to just take their liberty. Whatever the Lord wants to say to us tonight, that's what we want to hear. Amen. Amen. Brother Dylan, welcome. Praise the Lord, everyone. What an honor to be back in Maryland. And just to be with Brother Brother Wright, Brother Wright, and Brother Wright, and Sister Wright, and um, all, the, all the right people. I, I see all the right people here. And uh, Aren't you glad you have a name that's above every name? It's the name of Jesus. Praise God. I wonder if for about two minutes we could just just let go and worship God out of the depths of our heart. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord, we honor you, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You are holy, you are righteous, and you are pure. And you are perfect, and you are altogether lovely. There is nothing in you, Lord, 
that we cannot find and understand if we take the time. Let the revelation come to this house, God. Let the peace and the comfort, the grace, the mercy, and the blessings of your presence and power and name, God, be in operation in this place tonight, I pray. In the name of the Lord, 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 praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, hallelujah, Jesus name, praise God, be seated. Just uh, going to share a few things with you tonight that I felt the Lord had put on my heart. And, you know, God is such an awesome God. He does what He does best. <laughs> and sometimes we got to figure out what we're going to do. And, uh, there's, uh, I don't think it's any any question anymore that uh, America has just changed. We just don't know how it's changed yet. And um, the seasons, the seasons are unprecedented. Uh, Weather's unprecedented. Sports is unprecedented. Politics is unprecedented. But thank God for the church that's stuck in the same rut it's always been in. (laughs) <laughs> that was facetious from Oregon. That's facetiousness. Uh, sometimes we look at changes and we say, well, you know, I hope they get that worked out. I believe that it's incumbent upon us Pentecostal apostolic people to understand when the world is changing, our question is, can we change to stay ahead of this world? Or is this world going to lead our way, or are we going to lead? And if we don't lead, somebody else is going to be leading. And and the uh, the change factors, you know, I I know you all know this. I'm not going to replow an old field, but you know, the fact is, whatever's going on in this world right now is about the end time and not about politics. They're looking to politics. We're looking for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the meantime, we're looking for what God would expect out of us and for us to find our place in a changing world. And the Bible talks about in Psalms, that uh, Psalms 9 and 10, and that they shall know thy name, will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. I'm really glad that we have a God that really pays attention when people seek the Lord. And I know that a few weeks ago, a few days ago now, that you had a a week of seeking the Lord here. We sought the Lord with you. We did our 21 days, we did our week of prayer, and we found that God moved in Oregon, and that's, that's an amazing, you don't know how amazing that is, um, 
And uh, we expect God to move here. But um, we found that there was an anointing of God that is waiting for people to realize what is in their hand. And it isn't that we have to discover brand new things. We just have to use what we know. Amen. I promise you there will not be a new revelation of the oneness of God. It's already given. And doctrine is set and all things are in order. The Lord is fixing to come. And before he comes, there is going to be one incredible time for the church. That means there's an incredible time for you. It doesn't matter who sits beside you now. It's what are you going to do as the changing of times and seasons come. Sometimes we just rely on somebody else to do our shouting for us. Sometimes we get used to somebody else's voice around us. But now, what about you? How about you being that voice? If the world can change, can you change? Do you know God enough to change? Or do we, do we just know enough about around Him that we could just stay the same and, and just hope things work out? Friend, we're in a day and time that things aren't just going to naturally work out to our advantage. We've got to know the difference between hoping and knowing. I know hope it's in the Bible, and I know it's in the, you know, in, in the book of Hebrews, and, and uh, faith, are, faith is the substance of things hoped for. But, you know, we're not talking about uh, something that you're going to receive. I really want to just pick around in your brain a moment of things you already know. And uh, there's a difference between knowing something and knowing about something. And to know has got a power and a resolve to it that will take you out of the unknown and keep you in the known. And uh, so Daniel, I'm not going to you know, go to Daniel's prophecy, but in Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, it says, and such, were, uh, and, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupt by flatteries. And we're not going to just try to dissect that, but I just want to introduce this thought to you, reintroduce this thought to you. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And I know that a lot of us know things about God. It's kind of like getting married. You know a lot of things about your wife, men. But if you ever think you know them, they'll let you know you don't know them. You'll know them a little bit. You know, after a while, if you've been married a little while, you know one thing. Your wife never probably gives you a direct command. She generally says things like, the garage sure could use some help. Did you notice the dog needs a bath? You're not going to say to you, hey, dummy, wash the dog. Nah. Oh, you think this is a sweet little lady that's got your back. Uh, this sweet little lady's been training you for years to do what you need to do. I know that's not real preaching stuff, but you understand. 
You all can discuss that with your pastor later. But you know, God, God is unlike anything in the entire universe. And to know God, to know him. The word know here is broken down in a whole lot of areas, and it means to comprehend, to have a clear perception or understanding of, be sure or well-informed about, knowing the facts, to know that one is loved, to have a firm mental grasp, to recognize, to be aware that one could or should act better or think more correctly. To know right from wrong, to know the power of authority. And if you know, when you know, you can prophesy. I'm not talking about the gift of prophecy. I'm talking about in a prophetic way, you can foretell or predict and indicate things before they happen if you know something. I mean, I can prophesy to you right now that if we would just fold everything up, get around the front, and start calling on the name of the Lord, something fantastic is going to walk in this room. Do you all know that? Do you know the power of that name? A lot of us know about the power of the name, but how many of you really know the power of the name? Praise God. You see... In the, the, the Bible brings us into these little places that, uh, and she shall bring forth the son and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sins. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the, of the Lord, by the prophet saying, behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Well, we all know about the birth of Christ, right? Knowing about it and knowing that it is God with us is just a little different. We can all send the Christmas cards, but there's more than a Christmas card about this. This is God manifested among us. It is Emmanuel being interpreted God is with us. We know about God coming, but do we know him? There's some things we just got to know about the Lord. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing, not, not anything made that was made. I mean, we kind of know that, right? Then if we do know that, then why are we so distraught sometimes when things begin to change? God doesn't stop being God because we're not getting our way over something. God is always going to be God. Whether we can adapt to what's happening or not, God is still going to be God. Amen. I don't know what's going to happen in America. It really doesn't matter. God is upon the throne. Does anybody know that? Or have you just heard about it? When you know that, it takes the doubt and the fear away. It's going to be all right. Praise God. All things are made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Your home, your setup, every part about your life. And the things that we know, some things we know come back to haunt us. Because when you know something and you don't do it, there's no excuse. It's like the man that received 
the one talent. When it was all said, done, and over with, the scripture says that when the master was talking to the servant, he said, thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knowest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I have not strawed. You knew how tough I was. How many of you believe that God's tough and exacting? And if you do, don't do some things, what's going to happen? We know some of the things that could happen to us. That's why we, when we're raising our teenagers, and I've raised four of them, and, and now they're, they're 40, they're in their teen 40s. <laughs> uh, and uh, there's just some things that, you know, you teach them, and they know that if I don't do this, How many of you know some things you're not doing right now that you know that you should be doing? Because you know the outcome. Isn't it sad when we see people that worship with us, sit with us, and and run with us, and we watch them begin to withdraw a little bit? They know better than that, and we know better than that. And we look at them, and we understand that because we know that. And if they continue the way they're going... It won't be long until they're not here anymore. And they know that. And that something gets a hold of them and they just keep doing what they know is not going to turn out good. Just like the servant. I know he's a tough, tough master and I'm just going to hide it. And I know that he wants more than I'm going to give him, but I'm just going to do it anyway. You see, when we know things and we don't change anything, we're setting ourselves up to miss the blessing and the thrill and the power of the things of God that we've known about and that God wants to take us from knowing about them to know him with all of that kind of confidence and power. Praise God. And I want, and I know you know these things. Man was made in the image of God, body, soul, and spirit, and this should make us aware of who our creator was. Isn't it amazing that most little children can just clap their hands and be happy and it doesn't matter how poor they are or how rich they are. There's just something in them. It doesn't matter who their last, what their last name is. There's just something about them. And if you begin to teach them about God, they instantly connect with God because they're made in His image. Anybody know you're made in the image of God? You're made after His image. Praise God. This being true, if one does not know their creator, it is because they have willingly chosen not to know him. And our our hope is that this church, as it continues to to unfold the, the will of God and the visions of God, that we're not afraid to know that there is a God that is greater than any plan that could ever be made. Any idea that sits in these pews, we have a God that's greater than all of that. How many really knows that? I mean, we know about it. How many would let it happen to you? Praise God. Sometimes there are people that move on and we don't know where they've gone and, and we miss them. But the fact is, sometimes you, you miss connecting with somebody in the service and you waited on them to become a leader in worship. How about you knowing that worship is so important that you be 
become that person instead of waiting on somebody that's not here. Somebody's got to step up in this day. I've got to know the Lord. I've got to know when I walk in the house of God, I'm going to worship him. I'm going to turn him loose. I've got to know that. I don't want to know about it. I want to know that. Sometimes we know about somebody else's worship. Is there anybody in here that knows your worship power and you don't, you're not going to wait on somebody else. You're going to know this is my day. This is my moment. This is what I have to do. I know this God inside of me and I'm not going to wait on somebody else. Praise God. Just knowing God. What a privilege to know God. You know, in Romans it talks about it. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, they knew him. They didn't want to retain that in their knowledge. God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Let me just encourage you in a changing time that there is the temptation not to go forward but to wait, to hold back. You know, it, it really doesn't matter who sits in Washington or who sits in Maryland, who your senator is, who your congresspeople are. What matters is do you know your God? Because they are not your answers. The answer is in what you know, not what you know about. It's what you know. I have, I know this God. How do you know this God? Because He's talked to you. He's brought you to places in worship time and, and prayer times and times of consecration and God's talked to you. And sometimes when God talks to us, we kind of sit on the sideline because we're used to the sounds and voices of everybody else. And, and you know, tonight, you know, this is really strange because usually this room was completely full and there's people that are not sitting here in this building that would sit in all these empty seats and you don't sit there and you sit over here where you usually do. And the fact is that you know, so what do we do? We can't really have a breakout because they're not here. Well, goodness sakes, folks, do you know God? We don't do it because we know people. We do this because we know God, and I've got a voice, and I've got a right, and I've got a place. I am going to worship God. Praise God. Well, clap your hands to the Lord and worship Him a moment. That's all right. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The prophet, Old Testament prophet Daniel is standing in the king's chamber and he looks at Belshazzar. Handwriting's written on the wall. It's a trembling time. His knees are smoting one against the other. Manifestation of God and obvious judgment. And Daniel has the right and the nerve and the, and the voice to tell him. And, and thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thy heart, thine heart. Thou knewest all this. You see, friend, there's some things we know that we just got to get through. We just have to let God be God. 
and we know it. Sometimes it's just kind of difficult to just do the things we know because it's easier to wait on somebody else to get the job done. But if you know it, how many of you know that God's never going to leave you nor forsake you? Hallelujah. How many of you have been so down and you didn't know if you'd make it back, but this God who you knew was with you? And when you're walking through the valley, you knew God was with you. And you didn't know how it was going to work out. You just understood it was going to work out. And when you decided it didn't matter how it worked out, you begin to see God begin to do what he does best. He takes the impossible. You realize that when you know this God, there is no impossible situation. Praise God. Well, two of you know that. Let's try it again. There's not a situation you can get in. If you know God, that is, that you're ever going to be trapped in it. Praise God. Your health can be upside down, but your soul's not trapped in that. That's just your body. Hallelujah. You're not going to ever be trapped in a situation if you know your God and you know that he's got his hand on you. Unless he's told you that you're going to die on this, this, with this problem. If he's told you that this is all there is for you and you, you understand that God, I know this is it because at 35, I'm just going to die. At 42, I'm just going to die. At, at 62, this is all over with and, and, and so there's no way out of this. But if you don't know that, why would you assume any negative voice from the enemy that has never given you life or health or strength or power or, or a pure word. Why don't you understand that there isn't a situation that you can get in that you don't know there is a way out of that situation. You've got to have the faith of that. I'm not trapped in here. I'm going to get out of here. Peter is in prison, chained to the three, four quadrants of soldiers on the innermost prison, and uh, they're going to cut his head off in the morning. And he's taking a nap. Because he knew that's not how I'm going to die. Because Jesus had told him, you're going to die crucified upside down, boy. And you're going to be so old, they're going to have to, you know, change your diapers and help you along. And Peter understood. I know he told me that. Because my situation is trying to get me to know something else. I choose to know. What God has spoken to me. Praise God. I'm just, I'm just going to do it. I'm just not going to die here. I don't know how I'm getting out of here. But I know one thing. I'm not going to die in the morning. I don't know how it's going to happen. Because I know what I heard. I know what was told to me by Jesus Christ who died and rose again on the third day. And I saw him and I was with him and I got over my doubt and my fears. And I understand I'm not going to die by being beheaded tomorrow. 
When you know it, you can take a nap. Angel had to smite him on the side of the head just to wake him up. Gets up, chains start to fall off, and he's got to be told. This This is how weird we get sometimes. The angel has to tell him, hey, boy, put your clothes on. No, put them all on. Put your sandals on, too. I must be getting out of here. Walk out through it. Gates open. Doors open. Gates open. Finds himself in the city. You see, there's not a situation that can you can be in if you know your God that the world creates that will ever take your victory and your purpose because you know your God. Anybody know your God? Praise God. You know he's not done with you yet? You know you haven't even scratched the surface of, of, of what he wa- where he wants you to go yet? Oh, man, I've been doing this a long time. I'm, I'm all through. I found that the older I get, the more I find that I haven't even begun to understand about God. Somebody needs to understand it don't matter what you think's going on. You got a God that is going to be with you in every single situation. You can't get too far down. You can't go too far backwards because God is going to lead you out of there. He'll never turn the world upside down for you. He'll keep it right and he'll lead you right out of places that you don't think you can get out of. If you know the Lord. You know, sometimes you just got to quit reading everybody else's victory reports and prayer books. Sometimes you just got to write your own. Hallelujah. Stop singing everybody else's song. How about singing your own song? Praise God. I don't know what they were celebrating when they write some of those songs. But I know there's something about songs I can sing in the shower that nobody else can write. Songs that I sing in the middle of the night that nobody else could write. They wouldn't write them. They don't like my melodies. They don't like my volume. They don't like my my voice. It is not about that. It's about what God, what I know God has done. Can you imagine, can you imagine Paul laying at Lystra? You're dead, boy. They've already walked off and left you. Nobody believes in you anymore. You've written, a, you've written about a third of the New Testament by now, and, and everything seems to be over. They got you. And there's something about Paul. He, I suppose at that point he already knew he had to go to Rome. He was going to go to Rome. I can't die in Lystra if I'm supposed to go to Rome. They're making me, they, they think they've killed me. Here's the beauty of knowing God. When life's Blood is draining out of you. And everybody has written you off for a corpse. If you haven't fulfilled the will of God, no one thing you're fixing to get up out of an impossible situation that nobody knows about but you and God. And you're not going to lie here. You're not going to be destroyed. You're not going to be taken down. You have a God. Hallelujah. And if you can move one little finger, hey, 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 I got somewhere to go. If I can move one, I can move two fingers. I can start shoving some rocks around off of me. I can begin to move myself. Hey, I can pump some blood in me. Some of you might be down that far, but I'm here to tell you, if you know your God, it's never going to be over until he says it's over. That's what I want you to know about God and this day and time we're living in. He's the mighty God.
Praise God. He is the mighty God. Do you just want to hope or do you want to know? How many of you know a few things about God that hasn't happened yet? Praise God. All those things that you thought were gone, they're not gone. Not if you know it. If there are things you dreamed after pizza, I don't know about that. But if God's talking to you. You know, there's one thing, one thing that you need to know about God. He's not going to put you where you want to go until you really know how to trust him and to worship him when everything is upside down. You can't die on the worship table. You've got to be resurrected on the worship table. Though he slay me, yet shall I praise him. I'm just not, I'm just not going to quit here. Well, I'm going to quit, but God's never going to quit. It's awfully nice to be here. I like what I feel in this place. In fact, I feel like praising the Lord a little more. Would you stand just a moment and just collectively tell God, thank you for knowing me, Lord. Tell him how much you love him, that you got get to know him. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I, I, I want us to do this just, just for a couple of moments here. I want us just to take a moment and pray. I want us to ask God to awaken those things in us that we know. Those things that he's put inside of us that we know. Come on, would you do that? Father, in your name right now, God, those things that you have put in our spirit. God, those words, Rama, from you that you have put within us, God. Those things that you have placed inside of us that we know. I'm asking you right now, God, to awaken those things in us. God, bring them back to our conscious mind, Lord. Awaken them that we might use them as the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray, God, as a body tonight, you would awaken the things that we know. God, those things that you have said to us, promised us, God, that you would awaken those things in us, that no matter what circumstances or situations we may may encounter we can stand firm God on the things that we know that you have said that you have promised in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus hallelujah 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 praise your name praise your name Lord hallelujah 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Dylan. Thank you for that word from the Lord. I believe there's some good ground tonight for the seed of the word in Jesus' name. Praise God. Amen. Brother Sharp, come take your liberty. Welcome back. It's good to have you back at Antioch. Well, praise God, everybody. Do that again. Come on, let's love him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Kalayala Kiso. Kitala Moshe. God, we worship you. We give glory to you. We give honor to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can be seated. Amen. Well, it's good to see you again. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of you missing. Are, do you, are you used to it yet? No, I can tell that. I feel that. You know one thing that would help? If you wouldn't scatter all over the room like you're scared of each other. You know, I understand that's where you used to sit and everybody used to sit. But, hey, and you might have to do that on Sunday if it fills up. I don't know what you're doing Sundays, but, you know, this church has been changing since it was founded. You know that? You know, your bishop is a man that if it starts getting dead, he is going to kick it, shake it, stomp it, do something to get it moving. Now, we all know that. I know that. You know that. Amen. This church has been changing. It's in the change again. Everybody say, that's a good thing. It is a good thing. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I got a, I got a request to make. I want everybody in these three sections, unless you got a baby and you, you need to, Move up here. Come on up. Come on up here. And if you're sitting all by yourself, why don't you sit closer to somebody? Now, come on. We're going to have some, we're going to preach a little, but you know what? Get used to it. Now, I'll tell you what you need to do. Fill it up. Fill it up. Get some people in here and let's just have a move a guy. He got Brother Smith coming in preaching some Revival services. Well, now, I know one thing about him. We just had him last Sunday, Sunday morning. <clears throat> I don't know. We had like 28 get the Holy Ghost, I think. And I don't know how many Sunday night. I know there was a woman healed of blood cancer. I know we had several major healings in the church. Well, man, you go rock the place. Why don't you bring somebody in to have a miracle? You hear me? Why not have a miracle? Why not have a half dozen miracles? Amen. Let's get this place rocking with the power of the Holy Ghost. My, my, my. Change is good when it's for the right reason. Now, change for the sake of change might not always be the best change, but this isn't that. This is saying we're going beyond where we've ever been before. We're not settling down and just staying like we are. We're not content to do that. We got a world to reach. Amen. So this is good change. Good change. Amen. So praise God. I know I'm supposed to preach, but I'm doing what I feel, okay? Amen. I, I will. I'll, I'll preach to you, all right? Hallelujah. Now, this is a church of the word. You know that? The DNA of God is word and spirit. Now you want to find God, you want to get into his DNA, just get into the word and spirit, and you literally are going to find God. 
And this church is founded on word and spirit. And you all know the word. You, you've been here anytime. You, if you're one of that 20 plus group, you, dear God, you got so much word in you. You're a walking Bible by now. You ought to be able to just quote it. Okay. But, uh, if, um, so I'm going to say some things tonight that you probably have heard a dozen times, but look at your neighbor and say, that's all right. We need to hear it again. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now y'all know the parables of the Lord, right? Parables of the kingdom of heaven. And, uh, if you don't know them, you're, you're, you've not been in the church long, apparently, because there's the, Jesus gave in Matthew 13, the parables of the kingdom. And you all probably know them, most of them. You know, the first one is the parable of the sower, right? Right? Parable of the sower. Now, the parable of the sower is a, uh, and, and I want to deal with all, I want to deal with the first four real quick. Parable of the sower. Sower goes forth to sow. Sows what? In what? Good ground. Good ground. Put it in the wayside soil. But it was good ground. It was ground, right? Sowed it. Went by the wayside. What happened to it? Yeah. Fowls of the air. Birds of the air came and ate it, didn't they? Who, who was the fowls? Satan. Demons. Devils. Whatever. The wicked one. Yeah, he comes and he eats the seed, doesn't he? What's he after? What's the seed? The word. The devil wants to get the word away from people. Amen. Amen. He wants to get the word, right? That means the word is critically important to the church, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Well, sure it does. Devil wants to take it out. What's it going to do? Man, it's going to give you life. It's going to give you fruit. It's going to give you food. It's going to give you a crop. It's going to be a blessing. So he wants to, he wants to steal it before it can grow in your heart. Amen. Well, now everybody knows, uh, well, most of you know the second parable. Second parable, of course, is the tares. Um, the, they, they sow good seed in the field, right? But who comes at night? The enemy. Man, that devil's just everywhere, isn't he? And you know what he does? He's putting tares, he's sowing darnel grass in the wheat. And, and, uh, you know what darnel grass is? It's a poison grass. And it never produces a crop ahead. You can't eat it. If you eat it, it's poison. And he sows it in the wheat because it looks like wheat, but when it gets up and doesn't produce a head, they say, Lord, do we pluck it out? He said, no, leave it alone. He said, if you do that, you'll, you'll tear some wheat out with it. Just wait. And in the time of harvest, I'll gather it and burn it and put the wheat in my barn. And the interpretation says the tares are the children of the wicked one. In the first parable, he, the devil takes the seed before it can grow. In the second parable, the seed grows and it's poison and we find out it's people. The children of the wicked one. It's people. You know, some people are poison. They never will produce fruit. And if you eat their doctrine, it'll kill you. Now, I'm just telling you the way it is. And where are they? 
They're in the church. They're in the field. They're in the crop. They're in the wheat. Boy, it's quiet in here. (laughs) Come on, it's the word of the Lord. You can amen once in a while and be safe. The next parable is a parable of mustard seed. You know it. It's it's the smallest of the herbs in seed, but yet it grows to a tree, and it does. It grows like uh, the the mustard tree over there will grow 15 feet tall, and it's woody in stock, and it'll do all this in a season. And uh, the the birds of the air, man, no matter where we go, we got a problem, are lodging in the branches. What was the bird in the first parable? Satan, wicked one, devil, yes, all that. And in this parable, I want you to know, the, well, the wicked one was sowing seed in the next parable. Well, the wicked one's in this parable too. But now it is not only it, it, the first one, he ate the seed. The second one, he tried to mess up the crop by putting tares amongst the wheat. But in this one, it's grown. It's a big tree. So he sits there just waiting to devour the seed the fruit, the crop, so it cannot propagate. And so the devil's after the word. The word. Right? Now you know the, the last one. This is very short. I'm going to read it to you. The kingdom of heaven is like an eleven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until the whole was leaven. Very short. Kingdom of heaven, likened to leaven. That's, that's, that's really peculiar, you know. That's strange to me. The devil uh, has been opposing God's word through this whole thing, through all of these parables. Uh, he ate it before it could grow in the first parable. After the seed grew, he planted tares to choke the crop in the second parable. Once the seed had grown into a great fruitful tree, sits in the branches to devour the seed in the third parable. And in the fourth parable, he's the most diabolical of all. Every time Jesus spoke of leaven, it was in a negative way. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they understood that he spoke of their doctrine. Everybody say their word. Their doctrine, their false doctrine. And this is why it was necessary in this parable for the woman, the false church, the church is always a woman, and this is the false church to take and to the, the, if you'll, if you'll go with me with this, to hide leaven. Now, leaven is false doctrine. It's false doctrine. She's got this leaven. Now, think with me. And where did she hide the leaven in meal? What's meal? It's ground up seed. What happens when you grind seed up? It's dead. It can't grow. Now every parable's got growing seed, growing word. It's producing thing. The church is going to be something. Every parable is. But not this one. A woman is hiding leaven in meal. She took the word of God and ground it up. 
from seed that would grow and reproduce and produce life to meal, to meal. And what happens, of course, it's dead. So how do you make it appear as though it can still grow and it has life? You put leaven in it and it gives you false growth and it looks like it's growing, but it doesn't have life. It's dead. It's dead. Everybody say it's dead. Amen. And how much meal did she hide it in? Why would Jesus say three measures? Why not say a bushel? Why not say a hen? Three measures of meal. Amen. The doctrine of three persons in a Godhead has leavened all of Christendom. And the false church took leaven false doctrine, put it in meal, ground up word, until everything got leaven, until the whole world is filled with a doctrine of three persons in a Godhead. And what's so wrong with the doctrine of three persons in a Godhead? It steals the revelation of who God is. That's what's wrong with it. It takes the power out of it. It takes the name out of it. It takes the anointing out of it. And why is that important? The revelation of Jesus sets people free. It takes their sin away. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And this, the devil's always after the seed, the word, the truth. What's going to give people life? He'll take it out at the very beginning if he can. If he can, he'll try to put people in to mess it up. If that won't work, he'll try to stop us from propagating in other places. If that won't work, he'll try to put false doctrine in everything and steal salvation. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Everybody say, blessed are the pure in heart. Say, they shall see God. Now, purity implies uh, a chastity, a morality, a, a, a purity, a cleanness, the pure in heart. See implies revelation. Like when Jesus told Nicodemus, uh, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. He didn't mean physical eyes. He meant a man that's not born again will not have a revelation of the kingdom of God. He can't see it. He'll never comprehend it. He'll never understand it because he's not been born again. Blessed are the pure in heart. They'll see God. They'll get a revelation of God. They'll see God like God really is. They'll know God like few people can ever know God. I'm telling you, righteousness, purity, holiness is an avenue of revelation. Amen. Now, now, now you just listen with me for just a little bit. Revelation of who God is comes from 
a pure relationship with God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You wonder why some people can't really see oneness? It could be a heart problem. It could be a leaven problem that produces three instead of one, three measures of ground up word until the whole is leavened. Amen. This is why Judas had to leave before Jesus could reveal himself. Jesus is at the Last Supper and and uh, uh, here are the disciples all around him and he's washed their feet. So much has taken place here. Oh my, my, my. And finally, it gets to the place to where Jesus took a piece of bread and he said, uh, it is he whom I shall give the piece of bread when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. Now, after that, the piece of bread, uh, after the piece of bread, Satan entered him. Satan entered him. And Jesus said, what you do, do quickly. Get out of here. Get it done. And Judas goes out. And Jesus, it's almost like there's a sigh of relief. He says, the next thing he says is, now is the Son of Man glorified. You know what he's saying? Now he spoke of his glorification as the resurrection, speaks of it as the resurrection. But what he's really, what he's really saying is, it's over. It's as good as done. I sent my destiny out the door. It's finished. I sealed my fate. You know what he does next? He looks at his disciples and he says, a new commandment give I you. I want you to love one another as I've loved you. He couldn't say that with Judas in there. You know what he's going to tell them next? He's going to say, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In that day, I'll be in you. I'll not leave you comfortless. I'll come to you. He said, he'll let them know, I'm the Father. I'm the Son. I'm the Holy Ghost. I'm everything you'll need. He's going to take that 14th chapter. This happened the last, the 13th. He's going to take that 14th chapter and reveal his oneness. He's going to rev- the greatest revelations to me that Jesus gave are John, the last of 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17. And then as soon as Judas shows up, his mouth stops. The pure in heart shall see God. And those men got to know God. They're looking at Jesus Christ and hearing the greatest revelations. But not Judas. Not Judas. He's out. Now, now, I love y'all, okay? You're good people. I know that. But I'm going to be very candid with you. Judas has got an issue. And his issue is simply money. 
He loves money. So much so, he loves it more than Jesus. He loves it more than his 11 buddies. He doesn't care how they get hurt if he can get his 30 pieces of silver. Now, it could have been something else. But it just happened to be money. Anything that will cause you to walk away from Jesus is your Judas. And sometimes the reason people don't get the revelations in God they need to get and understanding in God they need to get is because they've got an impure heart. They got some Judas in there and they need to get Judas out so that the revelations of God can come. I'm telling you, I've had to cast Judas out of this man a few times and get my heart right so God could talk to me and show me things in him that I really didn't know and needed to know. Come on, let's love God together right now. Can we worship? Can we worship God? Come on, give God some glory right now. God, you're a good God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh God, anything that's not like you, I want to get it out. I want to get it out because I want a revelation. I want to know you. Yes, yes, brother Dylan. I want to know him. I want to know him. Hallelujah. You know, to reveal They'll, the pure in heart will see God. That's revelation. Everybody say that's revelation. That is to reveal. To reveal. Amen. To reveal himself means that he will uncover himself. He will, if you will, unhide himself. He will disrobe himself and let you see him. His glory, if you will, his truth, his deepest secrets, his most intimate side. He'll disrobe. He will reveal himself to the pure in heart. God is pure. God is faithful. And he's devoted. And he expects the same from his bride. He expects the same from his lady. He gives all of himself to his girl and he expects his girl to give all of herself to him. Amen. He will only uncover himself for his faithful bride, his pure bride. He will only reveal his secret parts to the pure in heart. And when these things happen, When he gets intimate and starts revealing himself, the natural byproduct of this intimate relationship is going to be 
growth. It's going to be babies. It's going to be revelation. It's going to be, my Lord, I didn't know. And people are going to have their eyes open. And they're going to start seeing things they've never seen. I was praying with a girl in the altar Sunday and, and a woman, not a girl, a woman. And, uh, and, and I, I, I laid my hand on her. We had, I don't know, we had, uh, 150 people at the altar seeking the Lord. And, and I, I put my hand on this woman's head and all of a sudden she starts shaking and her eyes get big and, uh, and, and she starts talking and she'd go in and out of tongues and, and she just scared. And I, 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 I said, uh, I said, what's your name? And she told me and, and she said, I, I think I need to sit down. I, I feel like I'm going to faint. And she, and I said, okay, sit on that pew right there. And I kind of moved her over and set her on. She said, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I heard about people talking in tongues, but I've never seen it. I've never been to a church like this in my life. Well, I know she's coming from a denominational background. I get that. I, you know, and she just doesn't, she doesn't know what we're about. And I looked at her and I said, it's real, isn't it? And she said, yes, it's real. I said, you feel it, don't you? She said, yes, I feel it. I want you to know, my goodness, when you start getting a revelation, it changes everything about your life. This city's full of people like that. There's a million people out in this area that would love to see God. You want, you want God to start revealing himself in here? The pure in heart shall see God. Get Judas out. Get Judas. It's time to sell out. It's time to just give it all to God. It's time to just, whatever in you, whatever in you that would sell Jesus out, anything in you that would do your will over his will, it's time to just cast Judas out the door. Get, I'm not saying you need to leave. I'm saying get that thing out of you. Drive it out of you so that God can move in this place and in your life also. And when a guest walks in, it will happen. Come on, let's praise God. Let's praise God. Would you stand with me tonight and give God glory? Give God the glory. Give God the glory. Musicians come, whatever you guys do. I don't know what you do, but I'm telling you right now, God would like to help some people. Now, now, now listen. Let me, let me talk to you one more time here. I've said it. There's been several times. There's been things in Paul Sharp that I recognized had to go. It's not an indictment to drive something out of you. It's saying, I'm after I'm not letting this get in my way. I'm not letting that get in my way. Not going to do it. Because this matters more than anything. The devil's going to do anything he can to mess our lives up. To mess the church up. 
anything he can do, he's going to go after. You see that in those parables? And the Lord himself is going to deal with the devil in Judas. If you will, he was his tear. He was his Darnell grass. Come on, let's drive some stuff out tonight. There's no reason that this place right here can't fill up and Antioch West fill up and Baltimore fill up and 10 more groups come out and fill up and before you know it you gotta have a coliseum to get together because God has revealed himself to so many Come on, the altar's open. I'm asking you. I'm asking you if there's anything anywhere in you. Oh my, I don't care what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. God, I'm getting it right for you. I'm making it right for you. I'm putting this aside. I'm laying that aside. God, I want to see you like I've never seen you. Reveal yourself to me, Jesus. Let me see what I've never seen. I want to know what I've not known. The greatest revelations came when Judas walked out the door. Come on, reach out, love him right now. Let's give the Holy Ghost an opportunity right now. Anything in me, God, anything in me that prevents me from seeing you. Oh, God, I want to be clean. I want to be pure. Purge me and purify me, God, that I might be able to see you, Lord. Search me, O God, search me, O God, search me, God, search me, God. Cleanse us, cleanse us, that you might be able to reveal yourself. Wash us and make us clean, that you might be able to manifest yourself, God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. By the power of your spirit, Lord. 
Sata Yalarabando Lorobo Sata Larabahai Ila Rabasata Labahai Jesus name in Jesus name by the power of your spirit wash us wash us cleanse us cleanse us cleanse us Lord make us clean God in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus name, in Jesus name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus name. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus name, Jesus name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I wonder if we could just for a moment lift our hands and not looking for a lot of volume, but could we just give the Lord thanks and appreciation for His Word tonight? Thanks for the working and the moving of the Spirit in our hearts and our lives. God, thank you for talking to us tonight. Thank you for speaking to us tonight. More than just hearing words, 
thank you for the work and the move of your spirit that has taken place in our hearts and in our lives, God. Bringing us closer and closer to the fulfillment of what you have for us. Allowing you to be able more and more to do through us what it is you have purposed to do. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, that your word would find a lodging place in our hearts tonight. God, that beyond this service, it would continue to work in us, work on us, work through us, God. In the name of Jesus Christ, that we, you might be able to do what needs to be done in us, God, that we and others might be able to see you. We want to see you, God. We want to see you. We want to see you, God. It's all about you. It's not about us. It's not about our abilities, our talents, our programs, our efforts, God. But it's about people seeing you. So whatever you have to do in us and through us, God, we trust you for that. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. Again, Brother Dylan and Brother Sharp, thank you so much, not only for being with us this week, but being with us tonight. Thank you for delivering a rhema to us tonight, in Jesus' name. Praise God, amen. One more time, greeters and ushers for Arnold. You could just really quickly make your way over here. We'll communicate what we need to, and then you'll be able to get out of here.